we draw from 2016 could help determine whether we can heal our democracy and protect it in the future, and whether we as citizens can begin to bridge our divides. I want my grandchildren and all future generations to know what really happened. We have a responsibility to history, to a concerned world, to set the record straight. I also share with you the painful days that followed the election. A lot of people have asked me, how did you even get out of bed? Reading the news every morning was like ripping off a scab. Each new revelation and outrage made it worse. It has been maddening to watch our country standing in the world plummet and to see Americans live in fear that their health care might be taken away so that the super-rich can get a tax cut. There are times when all I want to do is scream into a pillow. But slowly, on a personal level, it has gotten better, or at least less terrible. I did quite a bit of thinking and writing, some praying, some stewing, and in time, a good deal of laughing. I went on a lot of long walks in the woods with my husband and our dogs, Tally and Maisie, who took all this much better than we did. I surrounded myself with friends and caught up on some of the shows that people have been telling me about for years, as well as a lot of HGTV. Best of all, I spent time with my wonderful grandchildren, making up for all the bedtime stories and songs in the bathtub I missed during my long months on the campaign trail. I believe this is what some call self-care. It turns out it's pretty great. Now when people ask how I'm doing, I say that, as an American, I'm more worried than ever. But as a person, I'm doing okay. This book is the story of that journey. Writing it has been cathartic. I got angry and sad all over again. At times, I've had to step away, lie down, close my eyes, and try to empty my mind. This book has been hard to write for another reason. I've lost count of the number of times that I've sat at my kitchen table working on these pages, been interrupted by a breaking news alert, hung my head and sighed, and then took out my red pen and started revising. I've tried to make my peace with painful memories and recapture some of the fun that filled more days on the campaign than you might think. In the past, for reasons that I try to explain, I've often felt I had to be careful in public, like I was up on a wire without a net. Now, I'm letting down my guard. By the time I finished writing, I felt ready to face the future again. I hope that by the end, you'll be right there with me. I will always be grateful to have been the Democratic Party's nominee and to have earned 65,844,610 votes from my fellow Americans. That number, more votes than any candidate for president has ever received other than Barack Obama, is proof that the ugliness we faced in 2016 does not define our country. I want to thank everyone who welcomed me into their homes, businesses, schools, and churches over those two long, crazy years. Every little girl and boy who ran into my arms at full speed or high-fived me with all their might, and the long chain of brave, adventurous people stretching back generations 
whose love and strength made it possible for me to lead such a rewarding life in the country I love. Thanks to them, despite everything else, my heart is full. I started this book with some words attributed to one of those pathbreakers, Harriet Tubman. Twenty years ago, I watched a group of children perform a play about her life at her former homestead in Auburn, New York. They were so excited about this courageous, determined woman who led slaves to freedom against all odds. Despite everything she faced, she never lost her faith in a simple but powerful motto, keep going. That's what we have to do now, too. In 2016, the U.S. government announced that Harriet Tubman will become the face of the $20 bill. If you need proof that America can still get it right,